Welcome to the PR Girl Rant Podcast, hosted by me, Michelle Pascal, public relations professional, entrepreneur, and founder of Map Unlimited PR. The PR Girl Rant Podcast is a platform and a safe place for other public relations professionals, whether independent like myself or in-house, to rant or talk about whatever grinds their gears regarding the industry. Also, the fun, wacky spirals and insane shenanigans that engulfs us each day and keeps us coming back for more. Welcome to another episode of PR Girl Rant. Today's guest is Reagan Farley, publicist, digital content strategist, and partner of Intel Media Group. Welcome, Reagan. Thank you, Michelle. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. It's been a minute since we've connected. We haven't seen each other in such a long time. I'm, of course, I'm, you know, stalking you on the Insta and all of that good stuff. So I know what you're doing. You're doing amazing things. And I'm so proud of you that, you know, I just had to have you on a chit chat about what you're doing, where you are, and just, you know, learn more about you. Thank you. No, thank you so much. Like I've been following PR Girl Rant since its inception and um, it, it's been amazing to just see even some of the peers that you've had on the show. So shout out to all you're doing at PR Girl Rant because we need these conversations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was just a platform for me to know, to talk to my peers and just hear what they're going through because we go through, all go through, we think we're doing something different or we're going through different things, but in the end, we're all feel we have the same pain points. We have the same, you know, highs and lows. And it's just always good for me. I'm just like, I want to peek behind a curtain and see what, how you got here and what you're doing. And you're like, okay, maybe the struggle, the struggle is real <laughs> and stuff like that. And also like we're storytellers, but I never hear your story. I don't know. You know, no one never knows what we do or how we got our clients to where they are. So mm -hmm. it was just something that I dreamt up or just sat there. It's like, you know what? I want to know what Reagan's doing. I want to know how she got here. Like, is she going through X, Y, and Z? Like, how is she doing with her clients? Like, so that was the main reason I started everything. So here I yeah. am. Season All three. of the above and then some. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And just a little backstory, guys. Reagan and I connected. You are so like, you just found me on LinkedIn and you were like, hey, I went to Lincoln University. So did you. I need a mentor. Hey, I'm going to be in New York. I was like, little old me, like, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> and we connected from there. And, you know, you helped me with some work. I was working with a client, Shay, um, Shay Aline back then, and you helped me do some stuff with that. And then we did some other marketing stuff for another company. And then after that, it was just like, you were off to the races. You were doing a couple of different things, but PR was the focus, but you were just like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to see where I land. And you were hungry because you're from Baltimore, right? I'm Baltimore born and raised. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And then you were in LA for a little bit? Yeah. I, so I was in LA first. Okay. Um, after LA, I moved to New York. And when we met, it was just like, okay, I'm in this new city. Um, I did what I had to do in LA. Now it's about, you know, go time in New York. And I had had friends, my, my closest college friends were there. Um, but I think PR was always the focus. It's just that sometimes you got to hit a few stepping stones to get to where you want to be because New York is expensive, especially coming from Baltimore. So it's like, okay, I can do PR. Let me figure out some events. Let me do some social media. Let me just do whatever until this situation works. Because I was trying to remember what the job you were doing. I was like, is that where you want to be, girl? And you were like, girl, I'm just doing this right now. I got to pay the rent. <laughs> Or else my mama going to tell me to come back home. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> right, right. And especially being the only child, literally mom, grandma, dad, they have their hand on me. And it's just like, okay, you need to do something. 
and get some money. What was that? I don't even remember what I was yeah, doing. It was just something, it was something totally different. I think you were working for some lady and you were just like, I don't know, I'm just going to do this, but I'll help you when I can. And I was like, sure, let's, you know, let's rock and roll. So, but uh, what I will say, and I think, you know, every time when we, you and I get these quick catch ups, thank you for receiving me. Yeah. Um, because I, I think that sometimes people will see those messages, they'll just read them. But thank you for receiving Lowell Reagan at like what, maybe like 20, oh my God, 26. Cause now it's just 31 and I'm like, what I was doing at but I was honored. I was just like, what? And I was, at that time I was just like, cause I was doing a lot of stuff, but at the same time in my mind, I was like, I don't have enough. Like I don't have enough pay her, but I want to work with her because I could see the fire. And then I, I actually, I have a new computer now, but I found the contract that I gave you was like, okay, we're going to do this. My little LOA and you signed it. I was like, Oh, look at my little, look at this. <laughs> and I think it's on my old computer, but I was like, oh, and it was like, you know, do I delete it? Where do I put it? So I don't know if it's still on my old computer, but I was just like, oh, I love it. I love it. And then we did like Fresh Empire together. Like, yeah. we, just did, we just did a lot. So thank you for receiving me in that You're time. Welcome. New York is just big. It's scary. It's just. It's just this beast that you either going to sink or swim. Yeah. And you you <laughs> swam. You swam for a, a while. You know, yeah. you swam for a while. So like I said, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I just can't wait to hear your, your full journey and like how you got here, how you started your firm and doing what you love. And that's that's the end goal is like you have to do something and you do doing it, but you have to love it. Because I don't like when people start jobs or they go, you know what? I'm not feeling this anymore. And it's OK to do that, too. But when you do yeah. it with passion and you love it and you could roll with the punches. That's just a, a great thing. So I see it in your post. I see what you're doing. I see the growth. And I'm just like, she's doing it the right way. Kudos. Thank you. No, I'm trying because it's a lot that I get wrong. I get a lot wrong. <laughs> and, but that's the growth, right? That's how you learn. That's how you do. I mean, and, and you have to, but I want those bumps in the road. You have to have those. How else are you going to learn? There's a, yeah, there's been a lot of bumps, a lot of like, mm, I wish I should have done it that way, but mm-hmm. it's, it's the way of, it's the way of the world. It's the way of business. You know what I mean? So let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did Reagan become CEO Reagan? But what were you doing before? Like, how did you get started? Because I don't think anybody just grows up and said, you know, might, maybe for you, but not for me. I want to be a publicist. I want to get into communications. Or was that your goal? Or So, so something in communications was my goal. Mm-hmm. I think because I was exposed to it, right? And I, maybe I didn't know that it was PR, but in so many words, that thought process was panned out to be PR. So when you say um, exposed, what is what kind of exposure did you have? In high school, so like I said, I'm from Baltimore. I went to Pikesville High School um, here in Baltimore. Pikesville used to have a multimedia journalism sort of program. Okay. Um, and it was basically, you had to apply, you got accepted. I think it started maybe my sophomore year and we learned things throughout, you know, the rest of those years where some of it was broadcast-based Mm-hmm. Then some of it became animation. And Michelle, honestly, I lie to you not, as I'm sitting in this class, I'm like, yeah, this ain't it. But what, <laughs> else, but what, but what else is? Like, I, I knew right. that I did not want to be on-camera talent. I knew that I didn't want to be anyone's graphic designer. And I said, well, I want to be the person pulling the strings and making things happen for other mm. people. And then I was also exposed to a soror of mine which of course then I wasn't uh, in a sorority, but mm-hmm. a sorority of mine at the time, she had a journalism program that was ac- across from our, my high school at like a, a middle school or elementary school. So seeing these different forms of communications 
only made me look further into other aspects of communications. And I kind of stumbled upon PR, like just learning about it, reading about the practice. Fast forward to me going to college. I became the vice president of external affairs at my college and we share the same college experience. So thank you. Mm -hmm. But you got the you got the better campus. I got the campus that was still in the works. <laughs> I think you got the better campus many, many, many years later. <laughs> yeah, and, and and look now they got it a lot, a lot better. So. Better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, but um, at Lincoln I served as the vice president of external affairs. So external, of course, anything outward facing. So planning our homecoming, planning our spring fling, negotiating contracts, working with artists, writing press releases on behalf of the uni- on behalf of nice. students at the university. Um, nice. But then c- connecting with the director of PR at the time, which again, mm-hmm. an- another story of mine, Ashley Gabb, who is also in communications. But literally, Michelle, I lied to you not. I'm sitting in her office one day. She's like, hey, do you want to go to California? I got you an internship with Kevin Frazier at CBS. And basically, that's that's some of my story. Wow. So when you went to Lincoln, because I remember when I went, because I wanted to be a journalism major. So the the, the, the plan was, because they didn't have like a, a communications um, program, what you had to do was go, I think you're supposed to do freshman and um, your sophomore year, then go to Temple, mm. do your classes over there, then come back and you graduate. So it was sort of like a um, Temple had a program that was connected to Lincoln. So that was my way that I was supposed to do that, but that didn't happen. So when you went to Lincoln, what was your major? Was it communication? Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but what's so funny, because I'm actually speaking at Lincoln on the 21st and I, I did a video for them and I said, oh, well, my degree in print journalism. So my degree is in print journalism. Wow. Um, but you weren't, you did, you did use it because you were doing some writing for a couple I of blogs. Doing some writing, but now that I think about it, I'm like, how is my degree in print journalism? But yeah, they, um, they had two tracks when I was there. So print journalism and then okay. broadcast. Yeah, because I was, I was on a broadcast track because I, I swore it was going to be Oprah. Yeah, come on, Oprah. But look, look you use it now too. Come on, PR. Listen, it's in it's in the blood. It's in the system. So I'm trying to I'm trying to work that that muscle. Okay, so um, fresh. So when did you go to California after you graduated? So or this was the summer of my senior year. So summer. Of my nice. Year, not only was I planning homecoming and you know all that came with that. I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard, working for Kevin Frazier, living in Studio City. Um, I had also interned, his firm at the time was Front Page PR Firm. So I interned with them for like a a few days and um, had a chance to work with Kevin and kind of the rest, of of course, a few more elements between here and there, but the rest was kind of history after that. And what were you doing for him exactly? What was your, your role? You know, some of it was social. Some of it was a little bit of blogging. Like I said, I had worked with his PR company for like an internship. So it was mm-hmm. it was a few different hats in the entertainment aspect of that. That kind of got me, that, that kind of helped wet my whistle, if you will, in entertainment. Nice. That is one of us fascinating. So I guess that was sort of, because I want to think like, what attracted you to PR? Because for me, I didn't, there was no attraction to it really. What I, I took a course and I was just like, oh, and I didn't like to write. So I don't know why I'm still, you know, doing this, but that wasn't like my strong suit for sure. But for me, the attraction was for me to pitch something and then actually see it in the paper, yep. see it on the, you know, the TV or see it on the newspaper. And then of course my mom still doesn't understand like the connection of like, I did, I said this, people listen and now here it is. 
doesn't get that. What was the attraction? What attracted you to the, the field? I think it's that very same thing. But also, I think we are in the business of serving people a little bit when, when you think about it. Our clients are the people that um, we're helping their dreams come true in a sense. We're, we're mm-hmm, helping them mm-hmm. visualize their dream. And I think mm-hmm. seeing that element of like taking a brand from good to great and letting the world see it is kind of what attracted me to PR. It's like a high, like, okay, they were here, they were good, yeah. or they were struggling here. But once I put these yeah. two, three words together, switched it around, now it's like everybody knows their name. Yep. Seeing your client land their first interview or like their first TV placement or even like their mm-hmm. first print, print, <laughs> print journalism, um, even their right. first print placement. is It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Um, What was like coming up? I'm trying to also talk about like, there was nothing else you wanted to do. Like that was your, cause everybody wanted to do something else. You didn't want to do anything else, but communications or this entertainment. Literally I was even, even when I was in college, I had told that that same person. So Ashley Gab, and then we had Miss Sims who would control like the radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, cause one Michelle, I'm not pre, I can't dance. I can't sing. I can't act. I'm not <laughs> biology. I just knew that it was something creative. Um, and yeah. even like I said, when I was in college, I would always tell both Ashley's, I'm going to do two things once I get out of here. I'm going to live in L.A. and I'm going to live in New York and I'm going to work in entertainment. Literally, like it. well, three things. But like I'm going to do these three things and they may have not looked like how I wanted them to do the setbacks, but they at least in some regard happened. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's what I wanted to do. You talk about setbacks. Of course, you know, we see our setbacks sometimes. It's like, oh, I failed. But your setbacks or whatever you thought was setbacks were like the next, led you to the next thing. So after you left Kevin Frazier, you're like, okay, what am I going to do next? I wanted to live in LA. I did that. Mm. Now I'm going to go to see, you know, see what's up in New York. And you came here like on a whim or like, what was that move like? You just said, I'm going to New York. On a whim. So what's what's so crazy is that, so Kevin Frazier came summer of, of my senior year. So going into it, so, of course, after Kevin, I went back to Lincoln um, and then graduated. Right. And my first job in PR was in transportation communication. So which is so crazy. What? Right? Like, <laughs> uh, so I, I worked well, we have the um, MTA, which I, I think, you know, most places is called that. But I um, did our social media and did like the marketing and, you know, all that other stuff for us. But then afterwards, got up and went to California again. But when I say setbacks. I kind of backtracked because at 22, after graduating, I got diagnosed with epilepsy. So see, and they they came out of nowhere. And I think feeling like you're on top of the world after you graduate and then hitting this quote unquote brick wall, if you will, um, and just trying to figure it out. So um, my seizures got worse in L.A. That's one of the reasons why I left. Um, I I thought it my family. thought that it would be better for me to go to New York for a little bit because it's closer to home and my yeah. circle was there. But then, you know, like I said, I I, I didn't no shade to the people who love New York. I, I didn't really love it because I think I had gotten bit by that California bug. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then still, still managing my body and managing my health process, I think was a little bit contributed to me coming, coming home in general in both instances. But when I look at it, I think early 20s Reagan, mid 20s Reagan thought, oh, my God, I left. So I failed. OK, yeah, that definitely wasn't a failure. That's, you know, first of all, it was your health that was most important. And then secondly, it's just like, OK, well, 
like you see, I mean, and you accomplish those things. So you have to check those boxes off. I always say that you have to, um, a friend of mine told me about, you know, brag about yourself. She has a brag bank or a brag, a brag bag. Well, you have to brag about yourself. You did these things. Yeah. Those things are, are still part of your, you know, your resume to say, I, I've done these things. So with this, with your quote unquote setback, um, being diagnosed with epilepsy and having those things, what was the motivation for you to keep going and saying, you know what, I'm not going to sit on my ass. I'm going to, you know, figure out how to do this thing, whether I'm home or remotely, because you were still, I guess, I'm going to say for me, the way I, I'm thinking about it, you were like, okay, I'm at home. I'm going to freelance. I'm going to find a, the job. You have to just say, okay, I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to have to go find a job now. I'm going to be a regular schmegular kind of, you know, what it, did you want to do? How did that flip? How did you switch that to say, you know what, I'm going to keep at it. I'm going to keep going. It took me a while um, to really get in the mindset of, I have epilepsy, epilepsy doesn't have me. Um, yeah. And I, I think that didn't come honestly until about 2016, 2017. Um, I got into a really bad car accident in 2016. Um, I couldn't walk I for like three yeah. months. And um, this is when I moved back to Baltimore. Finally, I had a seizure. I went into oncoming traffic. I crashed into a brick wall. And I think that time that I had to, to sit around that time, I said, okay, you can either do one or two things. You can sit here and be sad and know that your condition is at least controllable. Where mm -hmm. some people, I used to be in this, and of course, I'm kind of jumping all over, so I apologize, but. That's a rant, girl. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I lived in LA, I was in this um, epilepsy support group. And I remember everyone going around and sharing their stories as to how they got it. And for me, I'm thinking in my head, I always backtrack to it of, Reagan, you got to be grateful because so many people have this condition and they can't function. At the very least, you can function. You're okay if you take your medicine. So um, I think I had to come to a point where I had to be grateful and I couldn't feel sorry for myself. And that that took, like I said, I got diagnosed in 2013. That took until about 2016, 2017 for me to even be okay with that. Wow. It's about two and a half years, three years or so. Wow. I, was, I, was, I was a little distraught about it. Yeah. Wow. That's hard. That's t definitely tough. I can't even imagine going through those things back to back, Yeah. basically, and then having to like, you know, okay, sit with yourself and be okay with it. But then, like you said, it doesn't have you. So how did you rise from the ashes? Like family and then mm -hmm. family, family and friends. I've always had a support system. Um, my mom and my grandmother or my world, uh, friends, uh, just, you know, at the time or like, you know, now or whatever, and them just being my cheering section. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, people not necessarily understanding the condition, but knowing that Reagan has it. So let me make sure that she's okay. Let me make sure she's taking her medicine because th this is an internal battle, especially like, I remember one of my, it was either my mom or one of her friends sent me this book called Battlefield of the Mind. And at that mm -hmm. time, that's that's really what I was going through. But I also used the accident as like this thing of like a rebirth. Like this accident happened because I needed God to say, okay, if you're not going to sit down, I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to give you some a moment to reflect on this because you're not trusting me in this. And lastly, I remember my mom just always telling me, your story is going to heal someone else. So take the mm -hmm. ego of it out of you and think about the people that this will touch because so many people are down and out with the condition. Definitely. Wow. Thank God for family and friends. Mm -hmm. 
So that was a, a, a hurdle. That was a challenge. And PR is, a, is challenging in itself. You know, what would you say was your, now that you've gone through that challenge, so now you're like, you know what, I'm coming up, I'm coming out. What was the challenge now to get back into business to say, you know what, I'm going to, because you started, you were working at um, Thurgood Marshall? NAACP. And NAACP. So that was around the time was, of the accident. That was the time of the accident. So you had, at least you had that. Yeah. And then after that, okay, now what the struggle now, you know what? You sat there and was like, okay, I'm going to go into, was it like, I'm going to go into business for myself one day? Like, how did you yeah. decide to take this on, to go to the next level, to start you know, your own thing? You what's so crazy? So after the accident, I went, because I was a temp at NAACP. So after the accident, I just kept staying in touch with the team that was over there at the time saying, hey, can I come back to work? Can I come back to work? And they brought me back a little bit temporary still, and then they made me full time. So I like to say I went from not walking to walking red carpets. And that's the moment where I'm like, man, I like that. You can do anything because this was a setback. But watch my comeback story. Like minor setback for a major comeback. So and honestly, I didn't see that coming. Like I remember when all that happened and I remember you saying, oh, I'm working with NAACP now. I was like, oh, okay. So she landed at her spot that she going to be there for a while. I had no idea that you were thinking of, um, you know, entrepreneurship or any of that. I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. And what's so crazy is that no matter where I worked, I always kind of tried to do my own thing. So like, mm -hmm. um, but but I had gotten laid off in 2019. So okay. in 19, I was just like, okay. Even there, I was kind of still taking, I'll say clients that weren't in their vein. So like my entertainment clients, so on and so forth, that wouldn't really be in that space that they are in. So once I got laid off, it was just like, okay, full throttle. Let me go. Let me continue to be me and, and be me in the best way that I can and put my energy into running my company, which at the time was the Reagan Farley Agency. Did you consult with somebody? Did you have a mentor? You just did what I did and just said, I'm going to do this. Now, I, now I, always, I always had mentors um, and definitely mm -hmm. just people who have, have poured into me along the way. Mm -hmm. um, Crystal Berger, back to Ashley Gabb, um, a young lady who lived in L.A. at the time. So just so many people. And then my mom's an entrepreneur. My mom okay. um, has, for as long as, <laughs> as long as I can remember, I have always known her to like work for herself and she's in real estate mm -hmm. does does fairly well in real estate and that that hustlers mentality i get that from her um that wake up that get up and go it it, it comes from her for sure nice so when you decided to start your own company or you know venture off off on your own what was the like the first things you did to get this up and running because i know it's hard like for me when i started like I said, I did everything on my own. I just woke up one morning and said, I'm going to do this. I got myself incorporated, sent the papers off and got my little stamp. And I was like, now I got to find clients. <laughs> Hello. Right. Right. I had no idea. But I feel like you did something different because you're a little bit savvy. I feel like, you know, you had some people in the bag, in the wings waiting. Naturally, you it work was with just like it naturally, it was just like a social media thing, right? Like naturally folks seeing me working communications and seeing me at different events are like, okay, you do something and I need something else. Like, I, I need to work with you. And I'm like, well, okay, this is what PR actually, you know, really is. I'm not doing social media for you, but I'm I'm helping the general public see what you're doing. So I think for me, it was just positioning myself as an expert on social media to, to no avail, like how it is now, but like definitely still pushing out my expertise, showing that, you know, I'm in a space to help you communicate and position your brand effectively. So around that time, 
I was working with a young lady by the name of Crystal Garner. I'm still actually uh, working with Crystal, but she was on a show called Grand Hustle at the time from BT. Um, and then that in turn kind of went into Nessie Blaze from Black Ink Compton, Voodoo Doll from Black Ink Compton, um, and just kind of sink, sinking and swimming, building this plane while flying, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. I tried to do, Michelle, honestly. <laughs> nice. So when you started um, Reagan Farley Communications and now Intel Media Group, yeah. which were they different? I mean, of course, still under the PR um, umbrella, yeah. but why the change? Like, what was the difference when you first started to where Intel Media Group is now? What's the difference in the two businesses? A business partner, I think, is okay. is, is the difference. So shout out to my business partner, Deja Kamardi. Um, my my oh, Deja. hand, what you know, whatever you want to call it, my right hand. Um, we merged because we merged as of January. Um, because for us, we think what was important is that two heads are better than one. Um, I know that as we grow and as we scale, it can't just be Reagan. Um, because right. again, I think that where I lack, she picks up and vice versa. Um, so for us, it was a no brainer because I think since like 2014, we have been working together just like on, on miscellaneous projects. I would get mm-hmm. something and I would hire her out and she would get something to hire me out. And that's just kind of how the relationship formed. Um, so I think after a while, as we started to get like bigger contracts, more corporate companies, I can't say, well, hey, Deja, um, let's work with, I don't know, UNCF and let's be Deluxe Publicity meets uh, Reagan Farley Agency. I'm like, OK, people are going to now get confused and we can't confuse clients. Let's merge, let's come together. And it was both of our idea, but like, let's merge, let's come together and let's be a unified front. I mean, that's interesting because I have a colleague that I do that with now, but we didn't merge our companies. We just, we do the same thing, same exact thing. I don't know if you ever, yeah, you met, I think you met Nicole Newsom. So I do that stuff with her. So funny about Nicole is actually that who I mentioned earlier connected us. And Nicole Uh, is Ashley's older sister. So, hey, Nicole girl. (laughs) See, so we do the exact same thing, but I had my company, of course, way, way before her. And then when she decided to um, do her stuff, I was just like the same thing. Yeah. Be like, girl, I got this project. You want to jump on? Okay, I'll help you out with this. But that was the, you know, it didn't make any, especially in the beauty game. People actually thought we were the one and the same. They would call her Nicole and me. It was just like, we're two separate people. So we're like, you know, why don't we just do this business together? But honestly, I didn't want to go through the big thing of doing the paperwork just yet. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it this way. And Thank goodness many people haven't gotten confused and we still, cause I do, the thing is I do a couple of things different than her. I do a lot of events. She doesn't do a lot of events. So I still have to keep myself a little separate, but we have so much that we do together now that it's just like, hmm, I don't know, maybe what 2022 looks like, but it's the same exact thing. It made no sense. So our thing for 20, when during the COVID, we were like, you know what? Collaboration over competition. There's no reason for me to, you know, and I can't do it by myself. There's just no way I can do all of this. There's no way, especially for us. We haven't really, and I know this is going to sound terrible. We haven't really picked a singular focus. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that right now we're doing everything, but I, I think with us, what we're trying to gauge is, okay, I may have started out in entertainment. Does that necessarily mean that I have to stay in entertainment? Can I dip right. my foot in the political wars? Can I dip my foot in, I don't know, the beauty space? Because I, I think that our goal is like this multifaceted company, if you will. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, because I, I think I've since moved away a little bit from entertainment. The, that that okay. girl at Lincoln who wanted to work in entertainment, I, I don't do it mm-hmm. as much anymore. But 
I think we are still getting our feet wet in a few different aspects, if you will. No, that makes that's make total sense. And the way things work now, you can be, you know, and it's not saying that you're a jack of all trades, but yeah. if there's something that you're strong in, then you do that. If there's something yeah. that Deja's strong in and she does that, but yeah. as a company, yeah, you guys can now maximize what you guys are doing and, and pull in yeah. more clients. You know yeah. what I'm saying? She's might be like, I'm the lead on a couple of things and Nicole's the lead on the other thing. Yes. There we go. That's the way we've been working it. So, and it's been working out so far so good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, your company, you guys do, we were talking about this before we started recording where you provide strategy and content for your clients and, you know, in both traditional and, um, new media, mm-hmm. let's talk about traditional versus new. Yeah. How have you been able to, you know, navigate the waters? Because some of the clients that you ha- may have might be older than you and they might think they know this is the way I want to do it. I want to be, you know, I want to be on PR Newswire. I want to be on this versus like, well, Maybe social is the way you should go. Maybe, you know, dot coms, you know, online is great. So how do you navigate that in, in telling your clients what what's right? I think transparency is important. Um, I was having a conversation with a client about, oh, Jesus, what were we talking about? We were talking about like an ad spend, if you will. And mm-hmm, locally, mm-hmm. the ad spend was one price. But then they but then nationally, they say, oh, well, what about Essence? And I said, well, locally, if y'all are getting confused with this, this ad spend here, you are not going to want to look at <laughs> Not going to get it. I try to be as transparent as possible when it comes to having folks tell their story or, or telling folks stories. So like I, we like to do a multi-step approach. So okay. I think that traditional is just as important as digital. Um, it's not sometimes as equally as important. So to me, it isn't just, oh, you're getting this traditional strategy and you won't get any digital. I try to make mm-hmm. a robust conversation, if you will, because I think that, yes, the Gen Z, millennial and like, you know, Gen X are on social media. But the folks that are, you know, spending money, advertising dollars, so on and so forth, they may be hypothetically reading the Wall Street Journal or they may be reading, you know, so I. Right. I kind of want to get that mixed bag approach strategy, if you will. I, I still even think that news is important. I still think, although I'm laughing at my, not necessarily laughing at my print journalism degree, but it sounds so funny saying it, but I yeah. do believe that print journalism is still important. Definitely still important. And we, as we were talking about that as well, you're a millennial, but you, you're, I wanted to get the difference of what, because I'm like, I'm an old lady. I do stuff differently, but I'm a fake millennial because I'm like, oh, I, I get that. Yeah, I understand it. And then I'll go Google it. Like, okay, that's what they're doing. So that's what I need to do too. But now you're telling me that the younger, the people that are behind you are still doing this PR game differently. Talk to me about that. I've seen, and what was very interesting to me is I've, I've seen what we just talked about. I've seen folks say, well, oh, I'm only a digital publicist. And I'm like, well, I understand the space for digital very well. However, and I, I get it, right? But like, it, and this is no judgment or no gatekeeping, but if you are only digital, how are you building out a full PR strategy? Right. So I try to like, even with my interns and my mentees that come on board, I try to push them to let's do it all. Like let's still build your traditional traditional relationships, still build mm-hmm. your news relationships, still engage with folks at, you know, uh, newspapers that are digital, because what you don't want to do is just have one lane, um, which is which is great. But like, again, when you're when clients are looking for 
the traditional and new media at the same time. A 360 approach. Right. When they're looking for that 360 approach and all you tell them is, hey, I can only do digital, I think that somebody might side eye you. So learn learn it all. Like even if you right. I can't believe that they're they're thinking let's just do one thing. Unless they they're like part of a you know, a global company or a company where, okay, you handle digital, I handle pr- print and you handle, you know, ads and all that, then that makes sense. But if you're one person just doing one thing, you're missing out on like oof, more than 75% of what's out there to get your client's visibility, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's important to me. I am seeing a little bit of that. Um, what else am I seeing un- under me? I- I'm seeing that folks are getting a lot I tweeted this earlier. So I think sometimes if folks believe that they found success on social, then PR isn't a need. Or mm-hmm. it's like, okay, and let me know if you agree with this too. I, I hear journalists where they have to do it all, right? Like, so if I'm on camera talent, I have to know right. how to tweet. I have to know how to shoot. I have to know how to edit. Um, and I right. think about the PR space and I'm like, okay, if I'm a publicist, yes, I should know social. Yes, I should know digital. Yes, I should be reading this. Yes, I should be writing. But I, I think it's back to that solar focus that I'm hearing from the next generation of communications. Mm, interesting. I haven't um, experienced that, but I am experiencing that. I don't know. I just think journalists now, you can agree with me or tell me if you've experienced this. They're kind of lazy in a sense. It's just like, so that means I have to write the full story. You just want to hit print. You want to go through it and take out what you want, but I have to write the whole thing for you. You don't want to interview anybody. So it weirded me out when a journalist copied and pasted my entire press release and then they took the EPK and put pictures from the EPK into the story. I, you know, it's one thing when, uh, you know, maybe if there's a, a online mag that does that because I know they're short on staff, but I know, okay, that's the thing. Everybody's short on staff now, but I just want you to do a little homework because I've done the homework to find you, to know that this is your beat and I'm going to pitch you the correct thing. But now you're just like, oh, I don't have any time. Or you're just even ghosting me. So that's a whole other thing. I, my first couple of episodes, um, I did a thing on ghosting when these you know, editors and journalists ghost you. But yeah, so it's just like, I don't know if it's just because we don't ha- they don't have enough people. But I've, I'm, that's what I'm seeing, that th- there's a little laziness all the way around because I know there's some lazy publicists as well. But when I put hard work into a pitch and then it still get, doesn't get received or when it does get received, it's just like, a blurb or not the full story or even a bad, you know, a hatch up job. That just sucks too. So no, I, I, I guess we're all feeling it. Yeah, no. And, and, and I agree. Like I, I also get in definitely not, uh, uh, we're definitely not bashing journalists here, but like, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this too. Like I think sometimes when you're pitching to folks and they just literally don't respond. So I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, you're at the mercy of us and you always have to respond, but I do think every so often it should be a level of, hey, unfortunately, I'm not interested right now, right? Like, right. I think that's how you build a rapport. So, so how are you, and then that's a, that's a good um, question. How are you are how are you building that rapport with journalists? Because what happens, I feel for me, is that I get in good with a few journalists, and then I have I don't want to oversaturate or always go to them. I'm like, okay, can I just get another journalist from Forbes or from wherever? Because if I keep going after that same person, I just feel like, okay, Michelle, you have no one else to go to. Yeah. But sometimes that's just the only person at, especially the black papers. That's the only person there, or it's nobody. Black. You know, oh, so you yeah. just don't know. So how are you continuing to keep your relationships with journalists, keeping it fresh? Because your clients are going to want what they want. 
but and you can't go back to say, oh, that person, and you know that too. It's like, oh, they're, they're no longer there because these journalists leave like at the drop of a dime. By the time you go back, they're gone. On to the next. I will say that I'm on Twitter. I'm trying to engage okay. on Twitter. So you're doing the Twitter thing, like going into their DMs and saying, hey, help. I, I'm I'm not necessarily pitching them via DM because I know that can be a little bit evasive. I, I even my interns don't do that. I am though engaging with their content on social media. Hey, love your story, love this, so on and so forth. So that way I am not necessarily reaching out to you all the time because I need something. I am more for so hard organic relationship because mm-hmm. I think I never want anyone to feel like, oh my God, well, she only pitched me when she needs something. She only reaches out <laughs> something. Because I get that too, especially with formerly being on the, the writer's side when I when I used to write for Black Enterprise, like I, I get how that feels. And that's one of the reasons why I actually stepped away from journalism. Like these mm-hmm. publicists are getting on my nerves. Like <laughs> <laughs> at least you understood it. You're like, I know where you're coming from, Michelle, but I can't do this right now but you're probably be the ones to answer say i can't do this right now this is not our focus you know catch me in you know a couple of weeks or whatever so i'd rather that because then i now i feel like okay me and reagan have this rapport i can come back to her in two weeks and say i know you're not working on this but just in case because i do that too like just in case you're working on x y and z keep me in mind and i'll leave it at that i won't badger i won't bother but i just want you to know that i'm still around or i'll just sometimes i just say a simple hello if we're just that cool yeah but I can't be cool with everybody, unfortunately, but I try to have my core people that I can go after. And when I don't hear back from them, I know they're either really, really busy. I'm like, this is not like, you know, so-and-so. They actually, they can't get back to me for a reason. Then maybe, and then, you know, that happens months later after you've pitched something and probably the project is over, here they come. Hey, that just happened to me literally yesterday. <laughs> fashion week, my client had a, a fashion show September 11th. Mm-hmm. Pitch this lady, pitch this lady, whatever. She actually emails me back asking me something totally different, but the subject was still my old subject from the fashion show that I invited her to on September 11th. You ain't bother to like say, I couldn't come to this show, but hey, by the way, can you, I'm just like, but you know what? I'll take it. Cause now I have a relationship with her. Cause now I can be like, hey, at least she knows she came back to me because I offered her great content, but she just couldn't make it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So we're, we're, we all have the same- um, We all have the same, same struggles, the same. same struggles, so. But I just hope that um, the folks, you're doing it right. I'm, like I said, I'm proud of you. And I hope the people coming behind you um, realize what this field is. And it's just not, you know, it's not a one hit pony. There's a lot of intricate parts that I'm learning so much during, doing this podcast as well from different people that have done different things and different aspects of um, PR. Yeah. That there's just so much to it. There's so much to it. So hopefully they don't, you know, give us a bad name and just do. (laughs) And I think (laughs) one of the things I I remember uh, an intern saying this to me one time, I want to be a publicist, but I'm shy. And in my mind, I had to say, well, we're not going to claim shy over here because no one wants a shy publicist. What we are going to claim is that I I might be a little scared, which, you know, is natural, but I'm going to figure it out. And because I, yeah. I think for what we do, we have to be that mouthpiece, if you will, for our clients um, and, and be a bit vocal and not be afraid to, in a sense, get our hands dirty, like not in a negative way, but like jump right into the fire sometimes. Step right in. Yeah. That, that, and it's funny because that's me. So I feel like and I just thought about this in my head when you said that I'm like Wonder Woman um, when it comes to PR because I am shy. Right. But 
when I have a client, they I'm a whole different person. I'm like, I'm, I'm a little bit aggressive. Like, you got to do this. And I'm pulling them like, get on, you need to say this. And just like, who are you? Because in my real life, my me, I'm just like very shy, very recluse. I don't want, like, same thing you said. I don't want to be in front of nobody's camera. You're not going to catch me on nobody's red carpet doing anything. I'm you're always going to always see my arm on a red carpet or just the back of my dress or my hair mm -hmm. because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not there for that. Yeah. So I totally get you definitely can't be shy in this game, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to be in people's faces. You don't want to become more known than your client. So yeah, she yeah. should definitely shouldn't be shy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So like I said, our job is definitely to tell tons of stories, you know, and I'm happy to hear yours. This has been really, really great. Um, I learned so much about you and I'm just, again, it's like, and I, I well, people, do, this is only voice, but I can see her and she just looks, she's glowing. She's amazing. <laughs> so I'm happy for all the things that she's doing. Um, what's the biggest, um, would you say, you, you know, you're still, you're still working it out. You and Deja are still working it out. Are there any things along the way that a miss? Did you have any misses that, you know, you wanted this client or there was just, you're like, damn, that just didn't happen. Like you went after something and it just didn't happen. Oh, and how did you get out of that? We missed all the time. Like, I, I think in to to that is that people see your highlight reels on social media. They see those successes. They see those things they don't see. And that's PR people. That's what we do. We want you to see all the good things. So we put those up front. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't see the failures. We miss a lot of times. Clients, sometimes we've had situations where clients weren't happy. Like we've had situations where folks are like, well, what's my ROI for PR? And I'm like, well, your ROI is your visibility. Like, yes, I can show you the metrics behind this hit, this hit, that hit. But you also have to remember that PR isn't as tangible as a marketing tactic. And I think sometimes I have to have that conversation with, cli that, with clients. And sometimes that's an uncomfortable conversation. Or, so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Or even and then when they're not happy, mm -hmm. they start questioning what you have done. Mm -hmm. And it's, we've been working for six months you know, Joe, everything's been going well. So you thought, and then that moment you don't get something or something that they want, then they come back. Well, <laughs> that time you said, why did you do this? And how is that? And they go back and they go through, they find receipts. They find, I just had this happen to me the other day. I'm just like, why are you asking all these questions? Because you've never, in the three years we've been, three years we've been working together. You've never asked these questions. And now I'm having, I have to build up this muscle because I haven't had a time to talk to the client because they're kind of um they're, they're they're busy right now but at the same time just like why you haven't spoken to me I've been emailing you and I'm keeping my end of the bargain I'm emailing you I'm like hey whenever you're ready to talk but it's something so I don't know what's about to happen but you're asking it way too many not too many questions but you're asking these questions and they seem you want to say you're not happy yeah 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 or, or even like throwing this out now I know you get this a lot especially with doing event PR <sighs> PR is is not a sales tactic, right? So folks thinking because I'm hiring a publicist, this is going to generate sales to my event. This is going to generate a new audience and it's going to generate visibility. But me driving sales, you know, that 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 is that's that's not always going to happen. Um, and I think no, sometimes no people think oh, I'm hiring this PR team. I'm going to have this X amount of revenue when it comes to doing my event. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And I try to stay away from that. And I, like you said, I want to be as transparent as possible. And, and I'm doing something different where I think I'm picking the clients instead of them picking me or saying yes to everything. Yes. So I'm doing stuff that I want to do and that I, I feel good about doing number one and that I know that I can do it well, because I don't want to take things just for the sake of taking it. And, you know, I need a check that doesn't work. 
because at the end of the day, I'm just going to regret it. And there's, somebody's going to be unhappy and it's always going to be me. <laughs> it's going to be sour grapes, you know, somewhere down the line. So I try my best to do that. But yeah, it's, it, they always seem to think that it's going to and it's part like it's part of the plan. That's why there's a plan. That's why you have marketing. That's why you have set, you have different problems. But if you're only banking on me, that is not always the case. There may be, you know, something happens where, ooh, somebody says something, you pitch the right person, and then you, you, you know, you go sky high and things hit the roof and you're like, oh my God, I saw you on social. And it just did that. But it's an anomaly. That doesn't happen each time. So I try to be as transparent as possible. What I can do and how I do it and what I offer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, that and then I think my last piece is that I, I never knew how much it cost to be the boss until I had to pay someone else. And mm. I think right now I'm having those pain points of like, okay, the contracts are coming in. Now it can't just be Deja and I. We have to hire out. And what does that look like? Because now if this person does or does not perform, we've made an agreement, I still have to pay this person. And then if something goes wrong, the client's looking at me. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going through that now where I try to do everything myself. Because for the most part, I could. I did. But now, like you said, when bigger things are coming in and I want to do less because I've done it so long. And I want to say I, I hate saying it, but I am the boss of what I do. And, you know, I am my own boss. But at the same time, now I want somebody else to do. I want to give the reins off to somebody else so that I can do other things. I can focus on the podcast if I want to. I can focus on, I have other ventures that I would like to do, but because I'm the sole person here, it's hard to do so, you know, and, and hiring the right people is hard or, you know, figuring all that stuff out. But I can't wait to hear you on your, um, what's the talk you have on Monday? Oh, Honeybook, Honey, Honeybook. I want to, I definitely want to learn if that's going to be beneficial to me. We don't have to talk about it now, but I'm, again, you're using the tools. And that's what I like about, you know, you and what you're doing. And then a few other people is like, let's use the tools. There's things out there that can help you yeah. navigate and not yeah. have this struggle. You know what I mean? And I mean, it is a hustle. It is a struggle, but let's alleviate it as much as possible if we can. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, I'll, I'll and I love that us. you're doing that. No. And thank you for that. And I'll text that to you and we can you know real quick. It's a great CRM tool. So like literally mm -hmm. from start to finish, I can um, speak to my clients. So like, invoicing. Um, I don't have to sift back and forth through email. They can have their own client portal where, boom, here's your contract. Here's your invoice. Here's a list of all of the communications that we had since we've started. Um, here's any documents that I need you to sign. But then more importantly, I can see how many times you looked at that invoice. And when you tell me that you didn't get it, I can say <laughs> on Monday, you looked at it three times at one o'clock, two o'clock and three o'clock. <laughs> You still didn't swipe that card. Hello. Hello. Are you doing um with late charge, with late fees? Are you doing late fees with your contract? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. we, we can talk about it offline too. But yeah, okay. After yeah, see again, this is what I'm talking about. Like I, I want to learn from my people. Like this things, you know, I'm just like, okay, you know, because you know, in the past you're like, okay, it's late. Okay. No, you are you are 30. No, this is this is too much. Look, but how much do you charge that person? Book does that. There's an app for that, right? Oh, I can't wait. I so can't wait. Oh, this is so exciting, exciting, exciting. So let's, I like, I'd love to end on words of wisdom, tips, and things, you know, to take to the next person, whoever's listening, to get a be better sense of what we do, but also to carry them, you know. So any tips or suggestions, anyone wanting to get into this field, what tips have, have you or any, you know, lessons learned you want to share? 
it won't happen overnight. But I think when it does happen, you'll feel good about what's happening to you. So like this work does take long. It is not for the faint of heart. You have to stay consistent and you have to stay the course. And I think what I've learned is as long as you're intentional, if you build good relationships and solid, a solid rapport with people, the industry will love you back. Like, but you have to do the work and it starts with you. So, yeah. And I think lastly, the dream is free, but the hustle sold separately. I love that. I love that. Oh my God. I had two more questions for you because I don't know where I'm going to insert it, but how do you stay creative and inspired in this business? That's hard. It's hard for me. Ooh. Well, it was hard. Now I had to, I have a resurgence. Yeah. How do you stay inspired? Look, in the, in the Panasonic pandemic, whatever we want to call it. Panorama. Panorama. I had to get out the house, Michelle. I think, I think at one point it was, okay, you know, we're working from home and that's the situation. But I'm like, man, I got to get out the house and like really get inspired. So I just got a little workspace now where I can just go. I can come in here and I can, you see the walls are like white, right? So like I can put my paper up right on the wall, walk around, find inspiration. Um, but always knowing what's trending, I think is what's important. So like even when Clubhouse first hit, I remember hopping on there and doing controlled press conferences with my clients. Like, because I thought that that was important for folks to hear them in real time, depending on what the situation was. I'm like, okay, what can I do that gets me, gets me to this next level? So even with utilizing Twitter spaces, I think that audio is powerful, even with what you and I are doing right now. So how can I make that translate with, with clients? Now, granted, it doesn't have to be a crazy Tory Lane situation where he's on there and he's fussing people out, but like, it does have to be a situation where you can get your point across impactfully. This has been amazing. There's so much more I could talk to you about, rant with you about. I want to talk about this space that you have because I'm looking into a space, but then I'm, you know, I'm a cheapskate. I'm like, I'm just going to keep my money here because I got a bedroom. I'm trying to buy a house. I'm just going to stay right here, but I want to get out the house. I'm like, can I just get a, a space somewhere? But and you know what's going to yeah. be nice when it, when it opens? I don't know if you heard about it yet. The gathering spot. Yeah, I know they're bringing one to um New York. That's yeah, because I'm a I'm, I'm a look into that. Yeah, look into it because I'm a member here yeah. in DC. But like I you because they have in, in DC. There's a I think it's starting in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I, and that's what that's yeah. what made me get the membership is that I was working out of Atlanta so much that when it opened mm. here, um, or when it was potentially opening here, I just got my membership and let me work out of there. I definitely look into it. Ah. Uh, this has been good. Thank you so much, Megan. I love you. Thank love you so much. Hugs, 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 hugs. We definitely will be in touch. Like I said, I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm going to send stuff your way. Like, you know, I'll keep doing that when I think of something. If I can't do it, if there's something we can collab on, Same. I'm definitely going to, because I know you're in it to win it and you're a real one. So I'm excited for to see what's to come and, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Love you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much again. Thank you for just looking out for us. For little old Reagan, like (laughs) (laughs) little old Reagan is doing just fine, doing just fine, looking good, healthy, and all that good stuff. Thank you, thank you so much. You too. Like, let's do this again. (laughs) No problem. All right, darling. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of PR Girl Rant. I hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe. And if you have any questions or interested in any topics regarding PR please don't hesitate to send them in. I'll definitely answer you back. But until next time, bye.